So I'm going to talk about transformation here tonight. And really, in order to be transformed from a taker to a giver, we need to change our worldview. Actually, it's all about the transformation of our worldview. So this, my friends... I'm going to need Dish. Is he in the room? I'm going to need Dory. Press with conviction, my friend, and it will stick. <laughs> this, my friends, is our world. Can you please congratulate Dorian on amazing pressing? <laughs> this, my friends, is our world. We all have a world view. The problem is we all see that view through a different lens. Isn't that the truth? Our worldview. For some of us, if I was to give um, a, another caption on this worldview, if it, I could just be honest, friend to friend here tonight, it may say self. Like, if I just think back to my young adult self, and uh, I'm pretty sure all that was going on in my mind was my own mental gymnastics. So much of self consumed my worldview. And, um, and then if there were to be another caption under self, um, family which can be another part of our worldview and our, our focus and our emphasis. Um, you know, that was amazing when I started to have family. I remember when Sienna was born, she's now nine, when she was first born, a little teeny tiny baby, I felt, I felt set free from my own self-absorbed existence because I had someone else to focus on. I actually believe family is part of God's strategy to extend our worldview and, and liberate us from ourselves and learn how to sacrifice and to give. It's actually part of God's way at making us more empathetic, um, generous, um, compassionate souls. It's beautiful. And, you know, God bless all of you that have babies in your future. You're going to be so blessed by it. It's incredible. And, you know, some of you carry family and carry children even though they're not your own. There are de certainly people in this room that carry a multitude in their heart because they're that way inclined. So um, our worldview, it could be self, it could be family. But, and, you know, family is sacred. I don't want to rain on the family parade because we're in a community that really value family, right? We eat together. We eat a lot together. If you're in Dorian's family, you probably eat weekly together if you're in Dorian's family. And it's amazing food. It's like, hello, smorgasbord at the Sarkissian household. Um, and family is sacred. But I do believe that God is calling us um, to look beyond our worldview, not just self, not just family, but to lift our eyes up a little bit higher, right? Lift and extend our, our perspective out. Dorian, I'm going to need your help again, my, my faithful assistant. If you could put that one up for me. So beyond the walls of our self-world and our family world, there is a silver water world. There's our, our, our house of God. There's the house of God, silver water world that we're a part of and that we're seeing. Um, but beyond that, there is a city of silver water right here that, you know, maybe has about 200,000 people right in the circumference of this community right here that are a part of our world. In fact, Sydney's estimated to have 5 million people this year living here in the city of Sydney. And Australia... 24.2 million people. That's what we're looking at when we lift up our worldview. This is the world that we're living in. If we could shift our world, if we could have a paradigm shift here this evening and look a little bit beyond our, our you know, many of us see our, our worldview as our sphere of influence. 
And I believe that sphere of influence is to be one of our most fruitful um, places, actually, without a doubt. But we're also called to look beyond that sphere of influence, beyond the immediate family and self, and even our Silverwater Church, and lift our eyes up and, and, and extend our view beyond, because heaven's perspective is not our sphere of influence. Heaven's perspective is actually a vast multitude. It's like the kind of world that we're touching in that Vision Builders clip. And this is the beauty of partnering with Vision Builders is we may be situated here in Silverwater, but we can reach into the far corners of the earth by our generosity and by our kindness and our sacrificial giving if we can just shift our worldview a little bit beyond our current location. Is anybody in for the challenge here tonight? Amen. Because here's the amazing thing, like if we're talking about the world, let's say for a second this isn't just representing our worldview, but actually the world, and, um, and we live here in the Southern Hemisphere, and there are uh, 41 countries in the Southern Hemisphere, and they actually, the Southern Hemisphere actually only represents 10% of the world population. We're, we're tucked in, Australia's tucked in on this little 41. Meanwhile, the world exists out there. Meanwhile, the world exists waiting for a savior, waiting for an intervention, waiting for the love of Jesus Christ to crash in. If we can just shift, have a shift in our, our perspective, our worldview here tonight, and begin to, to allow God to expand the capacity of our heart, not just to get stuck even here at Silverwater, but to see beyond these walls, beyond these walls are lives, lives that need an intervention, lives that need the life and the light and the love of Christ to crash in so they can see differently and breathe differently and walk with their eyes wide open because, friends, if I'm honest, silver water kind of looks like this next to the rest of the world. And we have a strong conviction to go into the world. The Bible says go into the world and make disciples. And, you know, we are giving it our best shot. Silverwater is like an octopus, right? There's care services here. There's Bankstown. There's Marylands. We're branching out and we're, we're compelled to branch out, to go into Parramatta. We're compelled to go into Parramatta because we're not just stuck on our worldview. We're not just stuck in the sphere of influence that is immediate, we're lifting our eyes up to see that the harvest is ripe and actually we're teeny tiny people in it, but we partner with a vast and majestic and sovereign God. And if we will partner with him and let him expand our hearts and lift up our eyes and be a part of this vision builders, I know we will see a mighty move of God. It rides on the shoulders of the faithful. It rides on the shoulders of the Kel and Andrew Turner it rides on the shoulders of the Chrissy and the Lauras. It rides on the, sh on the shoulders of the ones who agree and say, I'm in. I'm in. For the sake of the world, I'm in. Come on, let's praise him here tonight. You know, we are vision builders for the purpose of delivering the gospel to the four corners of the earth. Amen. And God's love is fierce. And it fights for the furthest heart. It will reach to the ends of the earth that not one would perish. That is the, the magnitude and the intensity of his love. Amen. It is not apathetic. 
24.2 million Australians is overwhelming until you meet the one. Can I just go from the macro to the micro? Would that just help us a little bit tonight? Because this, this is massive, isn't it? This, like, is this messing with your head a little bit? And in a good way, we need our head messed with a little bit sometimes, don't we? We need, it, we need it to expand a little bit on the inside and lift up our eyes. I just want to bring up the photo of my friend John. Have you guys heard about my friend John, some of you? If I can just go from the macro to the micro and remind you that everyone matters and that God will go to the ends of the earth even for one life. And, and that's where we bear fruit in our sphere of influence because there are people located in your sphere of influence which God has put in your path in order for you to bring light and life and truth to those individuals. And you are good at it, Silverwater. Can I just say we're good at this. We're, we're people that are happy to sit in the dust with people and breathe life into them, right? This is who we are. Can you just... Can you just commend yourselves for being people that are not self-absorbed? We see our community, amen? So this is my friend John. Excuse the no-makeup selfie. Oh, my goodness. Thank God for filters. <laughs> so um, we're, I'm in Rockingham, Perth. I was there to preach church on Sunday and to do a women's thing. But in the um, early hours of the morning, on two, I had two mornings free before I got picked up at about 9 and um, I was walking the foreshore of Rockingham and, you know, my family's back here with heart, single parenting with style, nailing it on the home front. And I was a little bit freer than perhaps I normally was. The territory of my mind was a bit clearer. And I saw John, this lovely, um, humble, homeless gentleman walking towards me on the Rockingham foreshore. And as I saw him, this is what went through my heart. I can and so I will. So I approached John and I said, John, can I buy you breakfast? And so we went over to a little cafe and um, I went in and he disappeared from my sight. He was actually hovering behind the corner of the building, I'm sure because he was trying to avoid um, being abused by any that may not appreciate his presence in that particular place. It looked like survival to me. And I went in, I ordered some food and I brought it out to him and he was very sure, um, he was very clear to make sure that I was walking in that direction, he was walking in that direction and he took his breakfast and he left. But then on the second morning, I saw John again and um, this time we had established a rapport and I said, John, can I buy you breakfast? And then we um, took this moment, we're sitting in the bus station um, right by the beach there and um, I went into a little cafe, ordered breakfast and we came, we sat together and we, we talked about each other's lives and just the peace that came around in that moment. He kept calling me darling. He was an absolute gentleman, lovely, gentle soul. But the thing that um, disturbed me about the whole experience wasn't John. He was lovely. It wasn't that moment. I was walking back to um, the apartment and I was just, um, I, I, I cried a little bit into my jumper. I was a little bit disturbed because... When I asked the man at the first cafe and when I asked the women at the second cafe, do you know my friend John? He's about this tall. He wears a, a beanie. He's a, a homeless gentleman that lives on the foreshore here. They did the, um, the sort of skittish eye thing where people don't want to look you in the eye and they, they're not really comfortable with what you're talking about and they didn't want to acknowledge him. And it disturbed me at the time. I thought, he lives in your neighbourhood. I'm not even from this place and I can see him. Why can you not see him? Why can you not acknowledge him? This is what went through my heart. And I walked back to my apartment and I cried into my, my sweater. It disturbed me that he could not be seen. Because once you see Jesus, you see people. Once you see Jesus, you see people. And we are a community with eyes wide open. Amen. 
And, and I refuse to believe that there would be unseen individuals, the covered woman, the overlooked individual, the homeless gentleman in our neighborhood when we can. We can, and so we will make a difference. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's thank God here tonight. So, can I just be frank with you tonight and talk a little bit about what it looks like to be transformed from a taker to a giver? Amen. So, Mark 10:5 says, But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, your condition of insensibility to the call of God. Hard hearts are miserly, self occupied, unable to interpret and respond to the signals and the nudge of the Holy Spirit, insensitive, and sometimes asleep. Sometimes, as the scripture said, insensible to the call of God, unable to respond to the call of God, unable to hear that still small voice. I pray that we would be a company of people that are broken and soft and fully aware of the leading of the Holy Spirit, that we would agree and say yes and flow with and move with, that we would not be of those that are hard of heart, that reject, reject, reject the leading, reject, reject, reject the call because it is subtle and soft and small and often incredibly inconvenient when he crashes in but I pray that we would be, have a heightened awareness, a heightened awareness that we would not be found numb or sleeping or passive, but we would be sharp and acutely aware of what he would do through our humble lives because he will speak. We are his army. We're his foot soldiers. Amen. We are his representatives and you are all qualified, each and every one of you. You are all qualified, each and every one of you. He's not looking for per perfect. He's not looking for a, a foot soldier that is perfect. He's looking for one that is willing that is willing amen we are those company of believers are we not amen in order to be transformed from a taker to a giver an encounter changes the way we see this is why I'm such a big believer in having moments in our service where the Holy Spirit overshadows our gathering because it's in the stillness and in the quiet moments that an encounter takes place and transformation takes place. I know this is a place, this is an altar of transformation. I know that lives walk in through those doors and they encounter the very power of God and they are changed for eternity. I'm one of those lives. I know without a shadow of a doubt, as I've stood on this altar for almost a decade, he has changed who I am, and I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. Now, in Exodus 3, we see the story of Moses' encounter with God through the burning bush. You know, we have all had our burning bush moments. They may not have been as, um, I don't know, fireworks and whatever as Moses' burning bush moment, but I know we, we've all had those moments of encounter where he has leaned in and addressed us and called us and provoked us into a higher life. And it, he, it, what happens in this story in Exodus 3 in verse 11, God commissions Moses and then we see his human response. He says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? In order to be transformed from a taker to a giver, we need an encounter because it literally changes who we are. Because this is what we learn about Moses in this moment. He had a dysfunctional self-view. It's so common. Hands up who else has got a dysfunctional self-view sometimes. Oh my goodness, it's so common. Now, there was something more than humility here in this statement. It was actually a tone of self-depreciation. And friends, if I can be honest here at Silverwater, we are not a company of self-promoters, that's for sure. But if there's any 
fire that I think we dance with sometimes, it is self-depreciation. Can I just illuminate that for a moment here? Can I just shine a light on that? Because I believe as you put a light on it, it loses its power. We are a company of people that will stand with strong conviction. We are not self-promoters. God makes a way. He makes a way. He, he, does, he does it all. He is the power. He is the force. He is the instigator. We just say yes. Our small part is just to agree. But we will not be of those who self-depreciate either. We will not be of those. I feel like we have done that long enough. And we will no longer come under that lie and that falseness. We will no longer shrink back or be made timid. We will no longer self-depreciate. No, we will stand in Christ, feet on a rock, we will not be moved and we will advance. We are born to advance. If you agree with me, give me a little holler in this room tonight. Now listen to this. So there was something more than humility here, a tone of self-depreciation, which was inconsistent with the true faith in God's selection and appointment. Surely it is God's business to choose his special instruments. And when we are persuaded that we are in line of his purpose, when we're in the line of his purpose, we have no right to question the wisdom of his appointment. Right? Right? How many of us have had some little debates with God over where or not we should do some things, right? How much time do we waste going around the mountain arguing with God whether or not we're his anointed and appointed and chosen? Oh my goodness, God has been having the same argument with Moses, with us, for way too long, right? Friends, can we agree not to waste time? Meanwhile, the world awaits us. Meanwhile, the world awaits us. Meanwhile, the world awaits us. If we would just be mobilized and not waste time going around the mountain, to do so is to depreciate his wisdom or to doubt his power and willingness to become all that is necessary to complete our need. Now, in verse 14, I like this part. I like the Lord's responses. (laughs) It's so good. I like it because he does it in capital letters. You know that God's like really, you know, getting a bit audacious when he speaks in capital letters. Literally in my Bible, it's in capitals. Let me read to you from verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. Friends, can I just impart a little bit of that truth into your soul tonight? When you go into your circumstance, and they're all going to be unique, but there is a place where God will call you to. And can I remind you, maybe don't yell it at your uh, work colleagues, because that may just freak them out a little bit. Not necessary. It's more of an internal disposition. I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you and therefore I will stand in confidence and boldness. I will not be moved. I will not be swayed to the left or the right because I am has sent me to you. Amen. In order to be transformed from a taker to a giver, we need a change in our self-view, right? Oh Lord, we need a transformation. You know, um, even a couple of days ago, who knows if there's some um, some crazy driving going on on those streets right now in this cyclonic weather that we're in at the moment. And I may have been one of those yesterday. I didn't mean to be. Uh, here's what happened. I was coming home from the shops and going around the bend right near home. And um, familiarity, 
you've got to be careful when you're familiar in your street, right? Because you, you, I think you just switch off a little bit when you're on your home territory. It's very, very familiar. So I was coming around the corner just probably a little too swiftly. I looked left and right, but it was more of a glance than a look. And I, I failed to acknowledge a grey Mazda coming up the street. Um, now, there was, no, there was no altercation. Just relax. All the mums in the room, just be at ease, please. Just exhale. It's all good. We were actually nowhere near making impact. Um, but I did fail to slow, I probably could have slowed down a little bit more than I did. Now, we, we manoeuvred around one another and I went up to the end of the cul-de-sac because I didn't want that person to know where I lived. <laughs> and then I turned around and she waited for me. <laughs> and I was totally landlocked. My only other option would have been to park and get out of the car and run in the opposite direction. But um, I, I pulled over to the side and I had Sienna and Cleo in the car and I didn't want them to see any ugly road rage. I was really mindful of that. So I pulled over and I looked at Sienna and I must have given her a deer in the headlights look <laughs> because she said to me, you've got this mum. <laughs> God bless that child. You've got this, Mum. Can I just tell you that many, many times, if you listen, if you still your beating heart for a second, the Holy Spirit wants to tell you, you've got this. You've got this, Jaden. You've got this, my friend. You've got this. Deer in the headlight moments happens all the time. Can I just be honest? Like, I am living in a succession of quantum leaps every single day. I don't know what it looks like to you when I get up here or what I'm doing, whatever. Maybe it looks polished and perfected or something crazy like that. But can I be honest? I'm living in a season of quantum leaps every single day. And I just need to make a decision on the inside of me to get front-footed and to remind myself, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. <laughs> and so I get out of the car and I walked up like a lady, nice and calm, and I apologised multiple times because that's the best thing to disarm an angry person. And um, she did drive around the block a few times and eyed off my house. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Um, I am contemplating going to her house and maybe giving a peace offering, flowers or something. I don't know. I'm open. I'm just contemplating that in my mind. <laughs> But if the weather is crazy out there, and she had a grey car, and I couldn't see it very well, in the, it was so overcast. <laughs> and I think I'd like to tell her that too. I just feel like I might sleep better at night if I had to get a chance to slip that in. You've got this, my friends. Exodus 5.4, the king of Egypt said to Moses, this is what the enemy does. You just get you, you've got this thing going on the inside of you. And typical of the enemy, he will try to just get that yoke of slavery back over you again. He's waiting. He's waiting here. Like you have your moment of breakthrough. You get your fresh self-view, your new world view. And then he's like posed on the side. You've almost got to expect that you've got to disarm a little bit. When you get a breakthrough, you've almost got to expect. Game face on, game face on. Okay, it's coming from the left. It's coming from the right. He's going to try and get that. He's going to try and get that yoke back on me. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. And I'm, you know, I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. Let's go round two. Let's go round three. Let's go round four. Whatever it takes. My freedom is my freedom. And I will not let go of it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so the king of Egypt said to Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their jobs? Get to your burdens. Isn't that so typical of the enemy? Get to your burdens. He will constantly try and put the yoke of slavery back around your neck to bind and restrain you know, some of us, if I'm honest, just view ourselves as our burdens. 
we can't see beyond it. If I'm actually really honest here, some of you walk into church sometimes, and I get it because I've been there myself, and you are your burden. And like when people try and relate to you, they actually can't get past the haze of your burden. You try and greet someone, and all they're getting is the burden in the face. And like you try and crash in on a connect group because community is everything, and the burden disarms. It disarms relationship and it, and it prevents, it's like a blockage from you thriving and getting connected and you're walking around with this thing, walking around with this thing when all he wants to do is set you free from it and you come into church with this thing. You come in with this burden, this personality and this brokenness and how are you going to serve? How are you going to greet people on the door? How are you going to greet them on the door when this thing is like in the way and blocking and preventing fruitfulness and freedom? Oh Lord, I pray that there would be a great release, a great release of these ridiculous burdens and broken parts of us that you would crash in and set us free so that we could build your church together in Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> Exodus 6, 8 to 9 says, I am the Lord, you have the pledge of my changeless omnipotence and faithfulness. See, that's his promise. Just let it fall on you and your burden and your brokenness. Just let that truth, like, cut in. Let truth make an inroad in your heart. You have the pledge of my faithfulness and my omnipotence. I'm ever present. I'm giving you that pledge of my faithfulness and my omnipotence. Let the truth of that cut into your heart tonight and disarm every other lie. Because this is what the Israelites did. Moses told the Israelites, but they refused to listen to Moses because of their impatience and anguish of spirit and because of their cruel bondage. They were stuck they were locked up in their burden. They were too busy carrying their burden, even though he offered them a promise. He offered them a pledge in order to be transformed from a taker to a giver. Our brokenness needs to be restored. Amen. You know, we all have blind spots and we all have areas of brokenness, but all we need to do is agree. Jesus, surgeon of my heart, will you come in? You've got access. Unlock, unwind, untangle those lies and those deceits and set me free, the fullness of my heart, mind and soul. Let it be set free by the power of your spirit. Let him do that surgical work on our hearts and minds. You know, we can't hear sometimes or receive truth if our filter is broken. It's like a fog of deception around our mind. It's like this mist around our mind. And it's like the truth of God will penetrate and cut through that thing. But at times we find ourselves, because of the deception that partners with the sin or partners with the brokenness, it's like the truth can't penetrate and cut through. Sometimes you'll find that you'll be having a conversation with someone and they've got a misconstrued perspective on reality. It's deception working on their heart and mind. Uh, it's like a force field that won't allow truth to penetrate. But his power, his word is far stronger than any lie of the enemy and any deception that he may try to spin around our mind. Jesus came to save the world. And he came to save us from our broken worldview. Yes, he did. He came to save our soul. And he came to save our whole person, the whole expression of who we are, that we would truly know life and life abundantly. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I'm going to ask Dory to help remove my props.
You know, church, he is calling us all in our imperfections, our strengths and weaknesses. The beauty of partnering with him is that he calls us all to be a part of his foot soldier army on this life. He worked through so many broken vessels. You've only got to read the Bible to be encouraged at the broken vessels that he chose to work with in this life. And I just, in fact, I'm going to ask you to stand in this moment. And I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 as a commissioning over us here in this room tonight. A commissioning of his foot soldiers that we would have a fresh heavenly worldview as we lean in and partner with him. And it says... Therefore, you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, and aliens, excluded from the rights of citizens, but you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people consecrated and set apart for himself, and you belong to God's own household. You are built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone. In him... The whole structure is joined, bound, welded together harmoniously, and it continues to rise, to grow and increase in a holy temple in the Lord, a sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, and sacred to the presence of the Lord. In Him and in fellowship with one another, you yourselves also are being built up into this structure. You yourselves also are being built up into this structure, this, this building this communion of the church, it is not this building, it is us, a flesh and blood, a community of believers, carriers of the Holy Spirit, and you yourselves also are being built up into this structure with the rest to form a fixed abode, a dwelling place of God in, by, through the Spirit. Amen. Why don't you just lift your hands right across this room. Lord, I just anoint and commission this company of believers again in this room tonight. I thank you, Lord, we will not shrink back. We will not be intimidated. We will not come under the culture of self-depreciation. We increase in you, in your spirit, in your ability of your Holy Spirit. We increase in you. I thank you, Lord. I just call a fresh anointing on every man, woman, and child in this room. I thank you, Lord. We are commissioned by your Holy Spirit to extend the kingdom of heaven on earth, to take heaven's cause and carry it in our heart, to lift up our eyes beyond our sphere of influence, eyes that see. We've seen Jesus and therefore we see your world. We see the souls that are positioned around us, Lord. We have eyes to see. I thank you, Lord. We have eyes to see each and every one in this room. We are a company on course, awakened to your cause in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord. Let's just begin to worship right now and just let that word resonate and rest in your heart here tonight. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. I bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen.
and the altar. Won't you come to the altar? There's freedom on the altar. There is breakthrough on the altar. In Jesus, there is freedom. In Jesus, there is freedom. Let your spirit move. 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 Don't come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness. every heart open in this room that you pour in fresh oil fresh power a fresh infilling of your spirit an overshadowing of your spirit i thank you lord it's not by mind it's not by power it's by your spirit i thank you lord you feel leon chameleon i thank you lord you feel him overflowing i thank you lord for a river a move of god pouring through his life I thank you, Lord, your hindrances will be pushed aside at the sound of his voice as he lifts it up and praise, as he makes inroads into Parramatta, limitations and, 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 and obstacles will be shifted to the left and the right. I thank you, Lord, at the sound of his voice, at the sound of prayer, at the sound of the prayer of faith, he will watch the obstacles bow, they will bow, they will bow, they will bow. I thank you, Lord, that territory is his. He will not self-depreciate. He will increase. He will increase. He will increase. And your name will increase. It will increase. It will increase. In Parramatta, oh, Lord, I just see it's almost like a, an atomic bomb coming down, this huge vessel of light and just hitting the earth and spilling out this, this huge impartation of light filling the darkness of that place, binding up the brokenhearted, binding up the broken vessels. You're going to see transformation, transformation, transformation. All the, un the most unlikely, the most unlikely of souls are going to be made strong and upright and whole. Whole, it's going to be a place of wholeness. It's going to be a place of wholeness. Transform lives in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. You fill, you fill every life everyone on this altar right now in Jesus mighty name friends I want to ask one urgent question and that's that everyone in this room pastor leader new person friend you would consider in your heart am I at peace with Jesus Christ is he my Lord is he my Savior if you've never prayed that prayer before I want to pray with you tonight 
that your mind would have peace, that you would know without a shadow of a doubt that you're in relationship with Jesus Christ. Or if you have drifted, life has pulled you out of, of being in sync with Him. You feel like you've lost that closeness. You've lost that synergy. Well, in a moment, I will pray with you also to return to Him. Better to return many, many times than to get stuck in religiosity and not to return. Let me ask you, friend, is your soul concerned with many things? Well, the most important thing it needs to be concerned with is your salvation. So I ask you to consider that here in this place tonight. Is Jesus front and center in your life? Is he Lord of your life? Is he close? You know, you can, you can hear the voice of the shepherd because it's close. You know when you're in sync with him because he's close. His presence comes. You hear his voice. You walk with him. It's a relationship in which He walks right alongside you. If you feel like there's a separation between you and Jesus and you want to close the gap here tonight, I want to pray with you in this place. If you've never prayed a prayer that receives Jesus as your Lord, if you've drifted and you want to get back on the same page, or if there's any doubt in your mind, any uncertainty tonight, I want to pray a prayer that brings you back into relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. So with every eye closed right across this room, I want you to consider in your heart, Nat, that's me. I need to pray. I need to return. So right across this room, just lift your hand right where you're standing. I'm going to see your hand and I'm going to pray with you here tonight. You know in your heart, I see your hand. That's wonderful. Who else is there here tonight? You know in your heart that things are not as they should be with you and Jesus. And you want to recover that. A fresh start. It's like it re redirects, it, re it tweaks the relationship and, and gets it back. It gets clarity back. It gets peace back. If any uncertainty has crept in, if the weight of the world, if the distractions of this life have drawn you to the side in a heartbeat, in a moment, you can return. So friend, just lift your hand right where you are. I'm going to see your hand and I'm going to pray with you here tonight that you would know without a shadow of a doubt He's your Lord and He's your Saviour. Just lift your hand right where you are. If there's any uncertainty, better to pray and recover confidence. Just lift your hand. I see your hand. That's wonderful. Who else is there here tonight? Just lift your hand right across this room. If there's any uncertainty, you know things aren't as they could be. And you want to recover that tonight, a fresh start. Lift your hand. I'm going to see you. I'm going to pray with you here tonight. Putting Jesus back in the center. I see your hand. That's wonderful. Who else is there here tonight? Just lift your hand up. I'm going to see you and pray with you. And in the peace that surpasses understanding will flood your heart and mind. Is that a hand raised up there? I see your hand. That's wonderful. I'm going to pray with you, my friend. Well done. Who else is there here tonight? See the love and the peace that fills the room right now? It comes because His soul matters to you. That presence that comes, it comes because He's pursuing you. Even when you're wrestling your heart and mind, even when you think, I've done this before, that presence comes 
to reach out and pursue you. He sees you. He sees you. He sees the reality of your life and he leans in. He leans in, but you are the gatekeeper of your heart. And you need to open that in order for him to enter. He is a gentleman. He will only enter at your request. So whoever else that is in this room tonight, just lift your hand up nice and high. I'm going to see your hand. And we're going to pray together right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see those hands. Friends, I'm going to ask you to come and join me. Each one that raised their hand. And those of you that are still wrestling in your hearts and you want to pray, I just encourage you to slip out of your seat right now. And I just want you to come and meet you right down in the center here. Each one that raised their hands. I have so much respect for you. I have so much respect for each and one, every one of you that lifted your hand tonight. Just step forward, my friends. Just this gentleman here, did he lift his hand just here? Why don't you just come right forward and stand. Let's stand shoulder to shoulder. And if there's anyone else in this room, just get out of your seat and come. Just come, just come, just come. Better to exit with peace in your heart and mind, knowing without a shadow of a doubt that you're in right standing with Jesus Christ. Friends, will you pray this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, please come into my heart. I give you full access. My heart and mind, my person, it's yours. I lean into you. Take a hold of me. Help me follow you. Wash me clean. Remove my sin. Fill me with your peace. In Jesus' mighty name. 